Right, greetings and praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome back to Reset Forever Ministries. And I am glad that you're going to be joining us for this week's Sunday School lesson. I am Dr. Valerie Simpson. I am Elder Daniel Simpson. And we're your hosts. And we are coming to you with this week's Sunday School lesson from Union Gospel Press. Uh, this week's lesson is coming out of the book of St. Mark. So we're going into the gospel for this quarter. This is the first lesson for the spring quarter, and we are looking forward to it. So this week's lesson is in uh, the book of St. Mark, chapter number one. So you can grab your Bibles or your Sunday school books if you have them. Chapter number one, and we're going to go from verses four through 13. And the title or the subject of this week's lesson is uh, Jesus's baptism. Jesus's baptism. So you know in the spring we go into those those lessons and you can never exhaust the scripture. So we're going to go in a little bit deeper and hopefully pick up on some uh, new information or get greater insight on the information we already have. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and turn the lesson uh, over into the hands of our instructor today, Elder Daniel Simpson. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Also, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, we have a good lesson. Mm -hmm. We're talking about baptism. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what's good about it, we get to talk about Jesus' baptism. Yeah, he sets an example, right? Yes. So, um, and this is a, this is a subject. This is a, a, a good discussion. And um, if you're going to talk to people about, you know, salvation, these are some of the foundational things, you know. Mm -hmm. So let's get into the lesson. So let's say a word for Okay. Go ahead. Father, we are so thankful today for being, uh, just being a part of the kingdom. We're thanking you, Lord, for your blessings on our life to even be able to hear from you in by way of your scripture. And we pray, Lord, that you will just let your anointing rest upon us. And we ask that you will bless the hearers today. Send us your word with the anointing, Lord God, and give somebody understanding, but most of all, save and add to the kingdom such as should be saved. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So verse 4 of the lesson is like this, Dr. Simpson. Like you said, we're in Mark chapter 1, verse 4. It says, G, it says, John did baptize in the wilderness okay. and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Mm -hmm. Now, we know when John first started off, he was, he was preaching repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes. And it was a rough presentation, right? Because he, was, he came in the spirit of Elijah. Right. So yes. he was um, he in other words, you know, it wasn't um, it wasn't a soft, timid presentation when it came to John. His messages were with force and strong conviction. Yes. So he, he preached um, the baptism of repentance. And we know repentance means this. It's a change of mind. And remorse for sin. OK. Mm -hmm. A desire to turn away from sin to God for salvation. Yeah. And his preaching, like you said, Dr. Simpson, it was so powerful that when he preached, people repented. They was mm -hmm. sorrowful. Yeah, and that was that part of that anointing that was on John's life. And it was necessary, right? Because he had to prepare the way for he was the forerunner. So he had to prepare the way. That means he had to prepare the hearts of the people. So it's necessary. Yes. And we know that word re, re, uh, remission means this. 
is forgiveness or pardons of sin. Mm-hmm. Let them, them go as if they had never been committed. And that's the thing that we uh, really want to hold on to. When you get forgiven, when you when you when it's true repentance and you're really sorry, when you're and when I say you're really sorry, it's like your heart is almost broken that you offended God. And I got that from my father, you know, dad used to teach us that. That true repentance is like, I, you know, my heart is broken. I've offended you. I've allowed something to come between you and I. And, you know, that's true repentance because it provokes action and it drives you. It's a driving force. So um, that repentance, when you come to God with that kind of repentance in return, um, God separates it from you. And it's not like us or not like people. You know, people, they will forgive you, may even genuinely forgive you some. But with God, you know, it's never going to be an issue again unless you just go back to it. So it's not something he'll ever throw in your face. He'll ever hold it against you. As a matter of fact, you'll probably hold it against yourself. But God won't hold it against you. Yes, and this is what Jesus said about repentance. Okay. He says this at the end of his earthly ministry. Now, baptism is the beginning of his was the start of his earthly ministry. Okay. He That's where Mark time. starts off at. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Yeah. But Jesus, at the end of his, his earthly ministry. ministry, when he's about ready to finish his work, he's at the Last Supper with his disciples. This okay. is what he said about re, um, remission. He said, For this is he said, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. Mm-hmm. So in John's ministry, Dr. Simpson, they repented. And God was faithful mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. to, like like the definition said, to pardon their sins. Okay. But Jesus' blood comes and it removes our sins okay. and really makes us clean towards God. Yeah, yeah. Because we had to have, you know, it's, it's one thing to have your heart, you know, like I said, the heart broken. And uh, that is repentance, you know, you know, I've never, yeah, deep seated. And, um, but it's enough. Then after that, that's the first step, right? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, I mean, that, that respect of God, that's where, that's a good start. Now that that is in place. Now there's some other business that has to be handled. And that business is that you, your sins now have to be taken away. So uh, it comes through way of baptism in his name. So we'll talk about that in the lesson too. Yes, so verse number five. Okay. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea. Judea. And they and they of Jerusalem and all were baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. Yes. That had to be a scene, don't you think? Yes. I mean, that had to be powerful preaching. That had to be That po- John would preach mm-hmm. and people is... Are uh, coming, you know, outwardly, verbally confessing. confessing. Yeah, I mean, just you know, I am, you know, like, like, kind of. I think of um, Isaiah. Woe is me! I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I'm undone, you know. And, and so these people are coming and they're confessing. They may not have been that dramatic, but then again, they may have, you know, because they know where they were. So they were coming and they were confessing, and as they were confessing and repenting. John's baptizing. Baptizing. And this is and we know Dr. Simpson that John's ministry was prophesied in the book of Isaiah. Oh yeah. Yes. And it says like this. It's in Isaiah chapter, um, chapter 40. Okay. It's a couple of verses. 
And I'm reading out of the uh, another translation here. Which one? The NASB. Okay, yeah, that's popular. Yes, the New American, uh, American Standard Version. Yes, the New American Standard Version. And this is what it says. A voice is calling, clearing the way for the Lord in the wilderness, mm -hmm. making smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Okay. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. I love this because uh, uh, his preaching would make if it even plain for them to come and to receive their Messiah. Well, and, and First, part of that, I think you too, I think too is that, you know, those things that were high and, and, and um, you know, those things that were lofty, they had to bring them down to a certain place. And those that were um, down, poor in spirit, as scripture says, um, were going to be elevated, which helps also spiritually, mentally put them on even even playing field. And let the rough grounds become a plain and the rough terrain a broad valley. Okay. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together. All flesh. Mm -hmm. And they did when Jesus was doing miracle signs and wonder, they all seen his glory. And John, Dr. Simpson preaching, prepared them for this. Prepared them for their Messiah. That's right. Amen. So verse 6 of the verse. Verse 6, and John was clothed with camel hair and with a girdle of skin of about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. And verse 7. And 7. Um, and preached, saying, there cometh one mightier than I after me that latches, the latches of his shoes, I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Yes. So that word preaching means he's proclaiming. Proclaiming. He's claiming the Messiah, their Messiah. But but the thing is, is that I like about what what John is doing here. It's not like okay, it's my time, and we know that it was prophesied. You just read it, mm -hmm. so it was his time to be on the scene. To but his time to be on the scene was to do a work, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so when it when it's our time on the scene, yes. You know, it's it's appropriate for us to be in ministry right now. But I love that John directs the attention mm -hmm. to the Lord. He said, now there's one coming after me. I'm just setting this up. Mm -hmm. But there's one coming after me. He is so great that I, I, I'm not even worthy to just, you know, bow down on my knees and fasten his shoes. And that is a mentality that has got to resurface again. Mm -hmm. It is not your time. It is not about you. You are just being the vessel or the instrument in God's hands. But always keep the focus on the only one that is worthy of the focus, and that is Jesus. Yes, our job is to make disciples. That's what our preaching is supposed to do. Make <laughs> disciples. And, of course, people have to repent and receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And then we make disciples. And that's our job, you know. So the whole purpose <clears throat> is not to live, I, I think, it's easy to, you know, come into this world, um, make plans to live, make plans to marry, have children, yes. and make plans to, you know, invest so that you can enjoy life after you finished your career. So we have a whole lot of plans, and that's fine. But the primary purpose of you being here is to serve God. The Bible says this in 
in Ecclesiastes chapter number 13, the last verse. And let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Yes. So that's it. And this is what John did. Fear God, keep his commandments. He knew this was the whole duty. So he was so sold out and he was so in until he just, you know, lived out in the wilderness, consecrated, separated himself from everybody else, ate wild locusts and honey, you know, wasn't just gorging himself, you know, all of those things that can distract and draw you into a spiritual realm. So John was a sold out individual. So these are good, good things that we want to add to our repertoire. You know, what we're doing, add these things, you know, and, and we went through that lesson the other to your faith. And virtue, virtue, knowledge, etc. Here's some good things to add to what you're already doing. And that is making sure that this is your primary focus and you know that this is the whole duty of man. Okay, verse 8. Verse number 8 says, I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Yes. So John's baptism, it, it prepared the people for God's kingdom by calling them to repent. To repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm -hmm. And he baptized them. Mm -hmm. Jesus' baptism is the gift of the Holy Ghost through whom sinful people become children of God. That's what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. And I'll read it, Dr. Simpson. Mm -hmm. It said, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful. Mm -hmm. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now, we call him our father. For the spirit joins with our spirit to, to affirm that we are God's What's children. What's the first part that you read? Because you, you was, there was something you were saying, it's kind of so many, I, so many things in there. What was the first part? It says, oh, this part about uh, the baptism. Yes. yes, yes, yes. So, so John's baptism yes. was to repentance, yes. right? But and that's what John did. We read that, right? Yes. They came confessing their sins. That's repentance and getting baptized. And so John's job was perfectly in order with what the scripture said he was supposed to do. Now Jesus. Now there's another baptism. So that was a baptism. We know of water. And then there's baptism in the spirit. Now, I like that um, John is the one and what his works are, are shown that he was baptizing them in the river of Jordan because there are issues and we can't just take for granted everybody knows, but baptism is an immersion. Baptism is a requirement. We, we don't get that. Okay, but let me say it now. I'm, you can't stop me in midair. So anyway, God is, I'm saying that because I have run across people that are serving God, but did not take to heart the necessity of actually being baptized. It is a requirement. So Jesus is going to baptize with the Holy Ghost. But as we just read and we're studying, John's baptism was unto repentance, but it was actual immersion in water. And now. Verse. verse nine. All right. Verse number nine says, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and baptized of John in Jordan and was baptized of John in Jordan. Yes. And 
This is what it says in Matthew's. Let's go, let's go Matthew's account because I, I wrote down here a question and I said, why was Jesus baptized? Okay, what chapter? So Matthew's chapter three. Matthew three? Yes. Okay, what verse? Uh, verse 13 and 15. Okay. And it reads like this. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. For John forbid him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, mm -hmm. and comest thou to me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so, mm -hmm. for thus it be becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Okay. So even John recognized that Jesus didn't have no need to be baptized because what was he going to confess? Mm -hmm. But that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And all righteousness mm -hmm. might come out of this. Mm -hmm. He suffered him too. And this is what I like about baptism, Dr. Sisman. As you stated earlier, this is baptism. It is a ceremonial cleansing by submerging a repented heart in water to make clean. The New Testament says this. This word more often referred to, to our union and identification with Christ. Okay. Yes. So that's the purpose of it. He that believe and is baptized shall be saved. Galatians says it like this. For as many as you as have been baptized unto Christ have put on Christ. Okay. So this is our baptism, Dr. Simpson. Uh, from right now, one with water and Mark. And then Galatians talks about the spirit being baptized in the spirit. Both these is a union. It unites us with Christ. And when Christ gets baptized, now we are united with him also as a type of shadow. Well, yeah, baptized. because, and then I think the scripture also says in Romans that we're buried with him in baptism. Mm -hmm. Yes, I didn't read that, but yes, go That's ahead. Not, go ahead. We're buried with him in baptism. So this is why it was necessary for, for him to do this, to show him, to show us, and to set that example for us that this is what must be done. Because what would people say? In other words, well, if it was so necessary, why didn't Jesus get baptized? You know, so he takes that off the table. Yes. And then he um, had nothing to repent for, as you said. Right. But he submitted himself being in this earthly body, showing what we as children of God um, in these earthly bodies we have to submit to. So, you know, it's another thing that does have to be done. And so people make such a big deal out of the scripture that says it's not of works until they'll take that out of there, too. They'll take baptism out of there, too. Yeah. They just don't feel it's necessary. But. And like you said, also in Romans chapter 6, 3, three to 5, says this. Know ye not that so many as us, as were baptized unto Christ, were baptized unto his death. Okay. Therefore, we are baptized with him. By, therefore, we are buried with him you by baptism. You just memorize those so you don't have to unto de Into death, mm -hmm. that like as Christ was risen from the, yeah. the dead by the glory of the just Father. just remember those because those are very powerful and necessary points. Yes. That when you discuss it, you know, if you just, you know, speak it out and say it, then people are going to get it better because... You know, we are buried with him, and this is a, a, a necessary part. And if, you, if you're not buried, that's, that's the symbolism of the, the old man being buried and being, you know, dead. 
not dead physically, but dead to the whims and the wills, will of the flesh. That's something that's going to come when Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Ghost. But until then, um, this is your outward expression of what you understand and what you're agreeing to according to the scriptures. So, yeah. So, all right. So, let's move on. Verse number 10. And straightway, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened, and the Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. Yes. And uh, in St. Saint, in Saint Luke, it says this, that when Jesus was being baptized, it says Jesus himself was baptized as he was praying the heavens open. So, I like that. Give a little bit more insight. I like that. I yes. like that one better. Yes, it gives some insight on, on Christ's baptism when he came up out of the water. Hmm. He was praying. So and Luke's then, account says that? Where is that? Is Luke what? I like that. Is it 2? Luke 3 and 21. 3, 21. Let's just read it. It won't hurt. Okay. Yeah, because there are so many. There's so, you know, they he gives a little, and I think Luke, you know, is probably going to be good for that a little bit better than Mark. Mark is just like, here's what happened. This is what happened. He hits the points. Luke goes into detail. So three and what verse? 21. 21 says, now when all the people, Let me see. three, 21, now when all the people were baptized, it came past. Okay, keep going. Jesus also being baptized, praying, and baptized and praying, the heaven was open, and the Holy Ghost descended in the bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So there's a few things in there. Um, number one, he being baptized, and the Bible says, as he was being baptized, that he was praying. Um, and 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 so, you know, you don't have to shut down one thing to do the other, but he's praying as he's being baptized. And so then the, the um, heavens opened up. Now, that's just a very good fact that Mark didn't give us because he is just, you know, writing to the Romans, as they say. And so you have to get to, get to the point with the Romans. So, um the um the heavens being opened and then now the holy ghost is descending in the bodily form of a dove so that i think people feel feel that because this is the order that it happened that you have to be baptized first which is just not going to happen and we have other scriptures that will show us that others were baptized uh with the holy ghost before they were baptized with water after they received it then they were baptized with water but um the heavens opened and the Holy Ghost came down in the form of a dove. So that's the other part of the baptism, water and spirit. Mm -hmm. Yes. You have to be baptized with both. All right. Let's back to the lesson. Okay. Verse number 11. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now this is a prophecy that's in Isaiah. Okay. That God was well pleased before Jesus even started his mm -hmm. earthly ministry. Mm -hmm. okay. And the reason why Jesus is well pleased, we're going to read it in Isaiah. Okay, I want to hear that. It's Isaiah chapter 42, and it's verse 1 through 4. And this is the prophecy that God, that Isaiah, has been given to Isaiah. He mm -hmm. said, Behold my servant in whom I uphold, my elect, mm 
-hmm. in whom my soul delighteth. Mm -hmm. I have put my spirit upon him, mm -hmm. and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Yep. He shall... Which is justice. Yes. Mm -hmm. He shall not cry. Nor, nor lift up, up his, his voice. Yes. Nor cause his voice to be heard. In the streets. In the street. A bruised reed shall he not break. I love that scripture. A broken, a smoking flax shall he not quench. Um, he shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Read further. Yes, verse 4. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he hath set judgment upon the earth, and that's justice upon the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. So God had already spoken about this when Jesus first came by the water because mm -hmm. of the, the anointing that he would have. He said, I'm already well pleased with him, mm -hmm. even before he even preached one sermon. Mm -hmm. Because he would fulfill this prophecy. Oh, Isaiah is going already. to say so many things. Absolutely. Yes. And Isaiah says so many things. Now, I like um, this part about, and the islands shall wait for his law. The isles or islands. So um, uh, when you talk about uh, islands or uh, lands, you're speaking of people, not geographical pieces of so what law was, was they waiting for did you just cut me off what law the i don't know you're taking me to another thought what you no, tell me right there. They, they should wait for his law and we know that's the law of the of the holy spirit that we just studied the last week lesson. okay and you can only have this law of the spirit with so the infilling of the holy spirit okay so then that would be romans chapter 8 for the law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now that's Romans 8, because I think it says it starts off, there is therefore now no condemnation yes. to them that are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not. After, who walk not after the flesh, yes. but after, after the, the spirit. spirit. And then he tells us that the law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. So, yeah, the, not just the law of Moses, but there's a law in my members that Paul talked mm -hmm. about that he could not overcome. So that's why you need the spirit, you know, his spirit. You need, you know, the Bible says the Lord is that spirit. When the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty, you're set free. So he said he made me free from the law of sin and death. So that is all in this lesson. And you don't want to skip any of this. You don't want to leave any of this out because, uh, you, you know, they say, who's perfect? Nobody. Who's going to be perfect? Okay, well, all you're doing is telling people they don't even have to strive for it. They don't have to even. And the Bible tells us to strive for perfection, leaving the principles and striving and going on to perfection. So when you tell people things like that, you know, it's not the perfection where, you know, I'm flawless. I have, I don't say anything wrong, even when I turn my head, even the way I walk, even everything that I say is just perfect. It's simply fulfilling everything that has been given you to fulfill. So um, this is all a part of it. But the law of the spirit of life has made me free. So I don't have to be bound in sin. I don't have to have... I can't help it, or this is just the way that... No, you tell people and encourage people. You don't have to be mean anymore, etc. You know, because all of these things are parts of the law that kept you bound. Your flesh, your fleshly shortcomings. All right.
it's just too much to talk about it all. All right, so getting back to our lesson. All right, I got over here. All right, so we're in chat in verse number 12, right? Yeah. Okay. And immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. Verse 13. Okay. And this is the last verse of the lesson, right? Yes. Okay. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. Now, we know he went through three temptations while he was at this 40-day fast. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at his temptation number three, or test number three. Okay. And that's in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 through 3. Matthew's 11. Gospel 4. I'm sorry, 8, you said? Matthew's chapter 4. 4, okay. Verse 8. Okay, 4 and 8. Okay. Which says... Oh, this one has no big numbers. <laughs> okay, there's 4. And verse number 8 says, Again, the devil taken them up and in, oh, into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. So how do we apply that? Verse 9. Um, you want to do this one first? Talk about that part first? You want to go on to verse number 9? Okay, I'll go ahead and read it. And said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. He even wanted worship from Jesus himself. He's always wanted worship. But the thing that I wanted to say in that, in that previous verse is that, you know, he will always show you how you can be better off, how you can enjoy things. But listen. Here is the whole caveat. Remember, it's okay to have things and to enjoy life. That's okay. But the caveat is that you can get caught up. And you can get so caught up until you're lured out and you're so caught up and you don't know how far out there you are. Now, we know Peter, even when he was walking with Jesus, when Jesus was right here on, the, on this planet in his earthly ministry, and, you know, and it was pertaining to um, the death of Jesus. He, they were going, Jesus was telling them, I'm going to, you know, they're going to take my life. The son of man is going to be offered up. And Peter, again, as I mentioned, I think last week, he pulls him aside and he rebukes Jesus and said, none of these things shall come upon you. And Jesus stops him and says, get thee behind me, Satan, because you savor the things that are of men and not of God. So it is important when you look at this in this um, particular verse number uh, 12. Oh, I'm sorry. Verse number eight. Verse number eight. And he taken them into a high mouth and he begins to show him all these things. It is easy to be lured away. And it's easy to say there's no sin in doing that. There's no sin in having that. There's no sin in, in, in this pleasure and that pleasure. And you know what? Later on, the Bible talks about your God is your belly, which means your kernel. And you don't, you, and it's possible, and I think it's likely in a lot of cases that we may be more kernel than we know, and maybe even more kernel than we want to believe. So when he says here in verse number eight, he's showing him, he's always trying to present to you something that will lure you away. You remember what we talked about last week when we were talking about Balaam, the spirit of Balaam? How he couldn't curse the people, but he figured it out. Balaam said, okay, God won't let me curse them, but I'll, here's what I'll do. I will introduce them to something that will make them separate themselves from God. 
I will get them all caught up in something that will get them one step at a time into sin and into idolatry, into the depths. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. And I'll get them into that and they'll sin. And then I don't have to worry about cursing them. They'll turn God against them for themselves. So we have to look at, there are so many, we, we don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices. He's cunning and he's crafty. So when it says here, he took them up and showed them all these things you can have. Trust me, believe me, it, it's not uncommon that these things can happen, happen to any of us if we're not vigilant, if we're not sober, if we're not watching, if we're not praying. Verse number nine says, all these things will I give thee if you will fall down and worship me. So what did Jesus say in verse 10? He said, then said Jesus unto him, get the ends. Satan, it is written that thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Yes. This is what it says, a, a, a note. Okay. This is what Satan's strategy was at this time. Okay. He had this conversation with Jesus at his last temptation. Satan offered to hand over all the kingdoms of the world and their glory to Jesus to keep him from accomplishing the will of his father. And truly, truly. And he do that the same way through some absolutely, of us also. Absolutely. And truly, you know, I mean, you know, and trust me, considering some of the things we have to go through, people will run back out in the world. I'm not going through all this. I'm, you know, I'm going to go find me some relief. I'm getting ready to find another way to get this accomplished. I know other ways of handling things I will do. And he will drive them back out into the world. And then when Jesus was about to die, what did he say in, in Gethsemane? He was on his knees and he was praying. Because remember, Satan said, I'll give it all to you. Just bow down and worship me. So he could have had all of these things. But when he was down there about to go through this dreadful time, he said, um, he, he turned and he said, Father, if it's possible, if it's possible, let this cut pass. So there's some things that we just don't feel like, you know, if, if, if I can just get around this part. And that's suffering. And that's suffering and that's trials and tribulations for people. If I can just not have to go through this, if, I, if this trial, if this test would just be over with. If I could just get past this situation, I'll be all right. It's always going to be something. Yes. And point two was Satan's strategy was to get Jesus to abuse his sonship, thus diverting him from the path of suffering, going to the cross, and obedience that climax at the cross. Yep. He was trying to prevent him from going to that cross. Because, By offering things to the world. Right. Now, um, the Bible says if they had known this, they would not have crucified you know, the son of God, that was the people themselves, you know, but Satan knew, he knew that this, this, uh, death, you know, that Jesus was going to accomplish. And if we know that he knew because the prophets even prophesied of it when, and matter of fact, when he was up there on the Mount of Transfiguration, Elijah and Moses came and they said, we heard about your death. You're about to accomplish. And I know that's coming in a lesson because we're coming up on Easter season, but it's just to say that he was trying to stop the plan of God. He was trying to halt it every step of the way from the time he was killing all those children all the way through trying to throw them over the cliff. So many times yeah. he came trying to disrupt the plan. And I wrote another note down here, Dr. Simpson. It says, at the end of Jesus' ministry, 
He was about ready to go to the cross. Jesus said this in St. John chapter 12. Okay. I got two verses. Uh, now, this is with Jesus at the Last Supper, mm-hmm. his Passover Supper. Mm-hmm. He said, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I would draw all men unto me. Okay. With so the preaching and the teaching of this gospel. So then so, also that was the taking back of the power and the authority. Yes, when he died on the cross. Yes. And it took back that power over uh, sin and death. Is it Romans chapter 5? It's Romans chapter 5. And I think he talks about how through one man's sin, you know, death had reigned. Mm-hmm. And it was because of one man's sin, then by if one if all of these can, you know, fall into sin because of one man's sin, then by one man's righteousness will it all be made righteous. So it was that that he was taking out. If you would read that again, that part. Were you? Oh, for his test? Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew chapter four, verse eight. Again the devil took him. Oh, to a very high mountain. I think it's point number two. I'm sorry. Point number two. Give you, if you fall down and worship me, and Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, um, You shall worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And so, anyway, the devil left him. So, the whole point was to thwart that plan because that was going to take back the power. That's what we were talking about. I'm talking about right here, Jesus. Yes, yes, read that. Number two, Satan's strategy was to get Jesus to abuse his sonship, mm-hmm. thus diverting him from the path of suffering mm-hmm. and obedience that climbs at the cross. Okay, so all of those things that had to occur, you know, but and that's a that's a good point because the he didn't let one scripture fall to the ground. He fulfilled everything. He fulfilled it all. So if he had not have um, you know, completed that part or, you know, been wholeheartedly given over to it, then it, would, it wouldn't have been, when he got to the cross, he wouldn't have fulfilled everything. Right. So, anyway, we, we and, and it's not, and I will say this, I don't believe that there are any, you know, they say, oh, don't go down that rabbit trail, or I don't think that it gets that way when it gets into the Word, because the Bible says line upon line and precept upon precept. And so here a little, there a little, and then learn what you can and stop and take a moment and meditate on it and think about it and apply it to your life. Jesus' baptism was with great purpose and it was with um, tremendous necessity. So it's because of his obedience, by one man's obedience, um, many, um, in his righteousness, many were made righteous according to Romans chapter number five but anyway that is the conclusion of this week's lesson and i hope and i pray that um you'll take time and go through the scriptures and don't rush you know have don't you know be in a hurry even if you take one scripture and just you know put it down and apply it what's the good in taking the word and hearing it and even being able to regurgitate it and quote it back and then you're not you're not living half of it you're not, application is everything. It is everything, right? Because, you know, what good is it going to do us? What, you got scripture for me? No, that's the benediction. Why are you pointing to that when I'm in the point? I was trying to say, I was trying to say that there. No. I thought I thought you had something. No, I'm trying to remember where the benediction was. 
Oh, okay. So anyway, take the word and make sure that you apply it because the word is necessary. And so I, 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 get, I can't say it enough because I see and I hear. I hear teaching. I hear preaching. But then when you get finished, you know, it's another story. And you got to be not just hearers of the word, but you got to be doers also. So, all right. So anyway, you pointed out the benediction. So, all right. God bless you, everybody. Come back on Monday. We will be doing uh, on last week, if you get a chance, on this past Monday, um, we set up the... Um, the uh chapter number 14 in the revelation challenge you can just go hashtag revelation challenge and um went, we went through the book of revelation chapter 1 through chapter 13 and left it on chapter 14 verse number 1 to show something powerful that leads all the way up to the um the battle of armageddon so that's where we're at and it's going to continue through 14, 15, 16, 17. So you'll need to just look at that. If you can go look at that from last week, it says it's chapter number 13, chapter number 14, um, Revelation chapter 14, the setup. If you look at that, it'll take you about an hour to look at it and it'll get you brought up to speed. And then um, come in on Monday, we're going to go ahead and go into chapter number 14. And I am so intrigued. I am so excited. So anyway, God bless you. And I hope you join us for that. Please subscribe and like this video so that other people also will get a chance to see it. All right, Elder, God bless you. And will you pray us out? Yes, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Mm -hmm. And has made us kings and priests unto God his Father. Mm -hmm. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you, everybody. And I hope you enjoy Sunday school on this week. Okay. And amen and 